Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only Son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. We have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, church, this is our continuation of 1 John. Just like Acts we've had here during Easter, we've been having 1 John during Easter. And this is one of those texts that we all know, and I don't know if this is going to fit with the background music or not, but do you know this? Beloved, let us love one another, love one another, for love is of God. He who loves is born of God and knows God, and he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Ooh, ooh, beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7 and 8. It's a camp song, right? Are you surprised I still have that memorized? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can still play it on guitar, I think. I'd have to pick up the guitar. It'd take me a couple of minutes. But uh, that's, you know, this is that text that we have that we hold on to. Uh, let us love one another because love is good. We love love. I talked about that a little bit on Sunday. I talked about it a little bit last week because First John 3 was all about love. And here we have all this love, 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 love stuff here. And love is great. And I love love. I love the fact that my wife loves me because... Sometimes I wonder if I'm that lovable. But that's the problem, is that all of us, more often than not, consider ourselves lovable, right? And so we have no problem talking about love, especially with those that are lovable, because those that are lovable are easy to love. But then the rubber hits the road when we are asked to love the unlovable, right? And I think going back to what I had to say last week, we're at that crossroads here in our country right now. I'm talking about America. Those who are listening, uh, I know I have at least one listener in Moscow uh, right now. Um, And sir or madam, if you are listening to this, could you please share this? Share my podcast or whatnot. (laughs) Um, But uh, we're at that crossroads right now in our country. We see it in our political infighting all the time. The polar opposites are growing 
those of us that are in the middle of the road, the, the gray area, are, are getting trampled upon. And we're getting to the point that we hate one another because of who we vote for. Because we've decided, based on the ballot box, what love is. That if I vote for this person, then I'm loving. If you vote for that person, you're unloving. Whatever the case may be. And it works on both sides all the time. And then we take that up to 11 when it comes to the masks and all the COVID protocols and all those things where we've basically given ourselves permission to cut off one another from everything. I talked about it a little bit last week about this question of risk. And I keep thinking about that here. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to preach on 1 John or not this week. I, I still don't know. That's, that's how this week is going. Although by the time you see this, I've probably already written my sermon. But um, this, this issue of, yes, we're called to love one another. And we're really good at loving those people that either look like us or think like us or talk like us or vote like us, dress like us, whatever the case may be. But then when it comes down to the bare bones of it all, the calling that we have in here is to love without question, love without regard for who they voted for and who they, who they did not. And here, John is making the point of that, but that by saying, yes, we are called, we are commanded to love one another, but why? Because we have been loved. Not because God looks at us and goes, oh, you're so lovable. Oh, you're just so cute. Yes. No, that's not what he's doing. We are the epitome of unlovable when it comes to God. We turn ourselves away from God all the time. We do not rely on him. We do not trust in him. Our faith wavers every moment of every day. Just think of our confession. When we confess, we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by things we have done and by things we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. And what ends up coming to us is that God's spirit envelops us and any love that we show is not based on our ability to love and it should not ever be based on the lovability of that person. But instead, it's God's love given to us in Christ. Because it says love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You want to know how you can be better at loving others? You want to know how you can be a better Christian, whatever that means, it's through Christ. It's through knowing him more, through understanding him more, meditating on the cross. I've talked about it before that I love crucifixes. Why? Because the, the pierced and bloody Jesus is left on there. The corpus is left on that cross. So I can see with my eyes, an artist's depiction of what it is that Christ did for me. So that when 
I'm faced with one who's considered unlovable by everybody else and I considered consider unlovable. The hope is, is that the working of the Holy Spirit and God's power upon me, I'm going to love them as Christ has loved me, which means he died for me. Does that mean that I go and die for that person? No. But but the, the, the cross that I end up bearing, Christ's cross upon me, is the fact that I am not very loving or lovable. And yet God has loved me so that I can love. Because we're told that we don't love. He loves through us. Right? That's, that's what we love because he first loved us, it says in, in 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. And the hope, the goal, the work of our own spiritual life is that we might come to know and to believe the picture of the love that God has for us so that then we can bear the fruit of that love for others. It's how Luther talks about um, the passage in Matthew, and I think it's in Luke 2. Not Luke chapter 2, but in Luke also. Um, And I think it might be in Mark 2. I can't remember. Maybe some of of you who are watching this, you'll you'll know exactly that. I'd have to go back and look at it. It's just coming to me right now. But uh, where Jesus talks about um, good trees bearing good fruit, right? And bad trees bearing bad fruit. And good trees can't bear bad fruit and vice versa. And Luther preaches about and talks about that in Freedom of a Christian, where he says that um, we, we can't expect a bad tree to produce good fruit. First, we need to make the tree good so that then the fruit might be good. But the struggle that we have in the church is that so much of our preaching and our teaching and our listening, our reading, even our singing, is about... Uh, telling a bunch of bad trees to produce good fruit. Go and bear fruit, go and bear fruit. Telling orange trees to produce apples, and so on and so forth. When in fact, what our desire should be is to make that tree good so that then when you go out into the world, without even thinking about it, God's love pours forth through you to others. That's the hope, that's the prayer. By relying on him, by, by living and dwelling within him, by abiding in him, his love might rub off on you the sacrificial crucified love of the sacrificial crucified Jesus who's our atoning sacrifice now risen in glory seated at the right hand of the Father that we might love because of his love for us. Let us pray. Oh God, you give us your Son as the vine apart from whom we cannot live. Nourish our life in his resurrection, that we may bear the fruit of love and know the fullness of your joy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, we will see you tomorrow for the gospel in John 15. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.